do we need a superhero to come in and oppose the superhero trademark of DC Comics and Marvel? Who will save us? Iron Man? Wonder Woman? The Guardians of the Galaxy? Quick, somebody light the bat signal. It's time for Stuff You Should Know About IP. Alright, Tom. Ray, if you can get Wonder Woman on our show, Ray, we're doing pretty well. I, if we can get Batman on our show, we might be able to figure out who Batman really is. For a while, I had my bets on Michael and Gleesa, but no, no, it's definitely Ray. It's more Ray than Michael today. Oh, please. Because you got the beard. The beard, I mean. Wait, did he have a beard? If he didn't, he would if you were around today, because beards are really You know, big. we need a bearded superhero. Yes, agreed. I don't think this is you. what this I don't think this is what this podcast is supposed to be about. So let's get into our trademark stuff. Yes. You can apparently trademark the word superhero, which was uh kind of a surprise to me. Well, you can't, and I well, can't. That's true. But DC Comics and Marvel can. Right. So and why so is yeah. That? Yeah. So that's a that's the reason I wanted to do that one today. I was driving back from swim practice. And I was thinking about, I heard something on the news about DC Comics and Marvel having a trademark on the term superhero. And I thought that was weird, you know? So I did a little bit of reading this morning. And here's, so let's get, do a little background. How about that? Who, who are these companies, DC Comics and Marvel? So DC Comics was founded in 1934. And you might know their heroes like they have Batman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Green Lantern, and of course, Aquaman, right? I love Aquaman. Oh, yeah, Aquaman. Yeah. Now, they were purchased in 1969 by Warner Brothers, okay? okay? So you got DC Comics is, and DC Comics and then Marvel. Marvel was, so DC Comics is 1934, founded in 1934. Marvel is founded in 1939. And these two become like the big giants in the comic book industry. And Marvel... They have some good characters as well. They've got uh, Captain America. And remember, Cap- in 1939, think about what's happening in 1939. World War II starts, right? Nazi Germany. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Captain Marvel was fighting, or, I'm sorry, Captain America, a Marvel comic uh, character, yeah. was fighting against the Nazis and the Japanese in 1939 and 1940 before we were even at war against the the Germans and the and the um, Japanese. Yeah, I discovered that today. So they start with Captain America, but over time they come up with some pretty cool characters of their own. They have the Fantastic Four. I remember those guys. You got Flame On. You got the uh, big stone creature. You got the um, the stretchy guy, right? And then you got the woman, Mister Stretch. The Stretch. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, you got the guy who could fly who's like flaming. You got the stone creature that's kind of like another version of the Incredible Hulk. Interestingly, they also created huh. the Incredible Hulk. You got the uh, stretchy guy, and then you got the um, the woman who I think she becomes invisible or something. I don't know. But anyway, yeah. So you got comic books, yeah. comic book geeks out there are like rolling they're, over. Yeah, they're dying over they're, what yeah, I'm saying. They're, they're, yeah, absolutely they're so dying. bad at us right now. You are this so might right. be our most hated. Yeah, I know. I, I totally, I've totally, I don't know much about superheroes, although my favorite superhero of all time is Spider-Man. And Spider-Man is also owned by Marvel. 
They own the Incredible Hulk. They own X Men. Like Wait, why Spider Man though? That's an interesting choice. For, why I, I like Spider Man? Yeah, I Listen, don't know why. I like Spider Man. Watch any of these, you know, newer Spider Man movies. Unlike Superman, who you just can't beat. He's just flawless, right? right? Other than kryptonite, kryptonite, you can't beat the guy. Spider Man, he seems fairly human. And you know what I love about the guy is whenever, I mean, humans in general, we go into dangerous situations with caution, right? Watch a Spider-Man movie. The guy flies into the most dangerous situation. I don't mean flies because he can't fly, but he's got his own way of doing that. And it's impressive. It's what we aspire to be, right? Superheroes are not real, but they're what we all want to be, right? Because they do the right thing no matter what happens, right? No matter what the consequences to themselves. And we all want to be that, but none of us really are that. Every once in a while, there's real life superheroes or at least real life heroes. They might not have superpowers, but to me, if you can go into a dangerous situation where you could die or be like seriously injured to do the right thing and help someone, that is a superpower. You know, you can't fly, you can't shoot webs out of your wrist, you don't have laser vision, but to have the courage to go into a situation where you know you can die to save someone, that's a superpower. Right. So So Superman's not really very courageous at all. Oh, I probably Superman doesn't impress me though. He doesn't impress (laughs) me because you can't hurt the guy in most cases, right? Right. I mean, to go in, see, okay, so you know there's a difference between the term fearless and courageous right? Mm -hmm. You cannot be courageous unless you're fearful. If you're fearless, you're not actually doing anything. You're just, you know, I go on a swing set. It doesn't scare me. I drive my car. It doesn't scare me. I run into a burning building. If I'm not afraid, I haven't done anything courageous. Hmm. So the the essence of courage is being afraid and doing it anyway, right? Right. And Superman, what does he have to be afraid of? How many people are carrying kryptonite around with them, right? You see a bank robbery, they usually don't use kryptonite. Right, so like just one or two evil villains. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, other than <laughs> Lex Luthor who somehow figured it out, he's never really afraid because why would he be, right? Right. Nothing right. can hurt the guy. So. Yeah. But that's why other okay, characters... Okay, we, di- we digress. I didn't mean to get us so off track. No, no, no. no, was, no. Anyway, I was, I'm glad I did. Look, we all love superheroes, right? Because it's what we aspire to be. We all want to be that. Right, it's what but makes anyway, this interesting. But anyway, um, so Marvel starts in 1939. They are purchased by Disney in 2009. So going along the timeline, in like 1979, Marvel and DC Comics join forces to get a trademark together Hmm. on the term superhero in connection with comic books, right? Interesting. And from what I read this morning, the reason they did that is they knew that neither of them could get it separately because they've both been using it forever, uh, like since the 40s and 50s. So they would oppose each other and neither would end up with a trademark. So they join forces, they get a trademark for um, superheroes or superhero in connection with comic books. Now, interestingly, I did find that one of them acquired a, a trademark on superhero in 1966 for masquerade costumes, but they weren't united at that time, So, but they both own it now. So I'm guessing that they probably 
um, joined forces in 1979, got that one, and then did like a license or assignment, probably assignment that they both own it, so that they now going forward they they both own the superhero mark. Interesting. And yeah. so they own it, and um, and they they extended it beyond comic books. After that, you know, they got like um, action figures, cookies. I saw something on cookies. They've got clothing. They've got cafes. They've got video games. So as you know. You have, so what is a trademark, right? A trademark is something that designates the source or origin of a product or service in the marketplace, right? It could be a name or a word. It could be a graphic. It could be a logo, which is a combination of a word and a graphic. It could be a color scheme. It could be a scent. You know, we know that, right? It could be a scent. It's hard to get, but it could be a scent. It could be a shape, right? So anyway, they get superhero for comic books. Now, remember, a trademark is nothing without a product or a service in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. You can't just get a trademark on a concept. You know, somebody called me recently and said, hey, Tom, I got this great idea for a trademark. Can I get a trademark on this word? And I'm like, I don't know. What's the product that it's with? He goes, I don't know yet. I'm thinking about it, but it's a cool word. Isn't it? <laughs> I said, yeah, it's a pretty cool word, but but, and I explained, trademarks don't exist. They're like even stronger. They're, they have an even stronger bond with products and services than peanut butter and jelly, right? Because you could still have peanut butter with fluffernutter or just plain old peanut butter on bread. But trademarks must be connected to products or services in the marketplace. So they get it for comic books. Then they get it for all these other things over time since then. Then they start enforcing it. So other people want to use the term superhero. And why do you think other people want to use the ter term superhero? Because it's, it's generic. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You can apply it's, it to many things. It's a generic term. I mean, yeah. that's the thing that blows me away is it's a generic term. And we're going to get into that in a second, but just to give you some examples, some guy writes a, a self-help book called from zero to superhero. He fi files a trademark on from zero to superhero in connection with books, right? He gets opposed by DC Comics and Marvel because he's using the term superhero. Hmm. And they own that trademark on books, right? But they right. don't own it on self-help books, right? And now, by, by the way, that guy ultimately prevailed. But here's the biggest problem. DC Comics is owned by Warner Brothers. Marvel is owned by Disney. These are some pretty big players. And yeah. as you've learned now, Ray, over the years of working with me, litigation is really expensive. Yeah. You know, the fact that you're right doesn't really mean anything if you don't have the money to defend yourself. So typically they oppose trademarks and they just crush people, right? because they don't have the money. And I just have a couple examples I saw online. There was somebody with like a cleaning detergent thing called Superhero. They crushed them. They had Dr. Blink Superhero Shrink comic book. You can't even use the word superhero in a Dr. Blink Superhero Shrink comic book. A children's book, Superhero Ellie. They opposed them. A creamery, Superhero Creamery. They opposed them. Uh, an organic food place has superhero organs. They oppose them. And they're doing this a lot. I'm giving you a tiny little list of like- That's a weird blogs. name for an organic food place. Yeah, superhero organ. That's a little weird. Right? I know. Yeah. Exactly. When I saw superhero organ, I thought maybe it was an organ transplant. 
company or something. Yeah, yeah. That's, um, you might say, yeah. hey, they're superheroes. They're tra they're transplanting organs. But no, it was like an organic. It was best of organic, and then it was superhero. Weird name, but still, they were opposed because again, there is who's right, and there is who has the money to enforce their rights. And if you don't have the money, I mean, my God, if you're a small company, you could get shut down with going through a preliminary injunction motion. You know, we did that one. It was $70,000 in that patent infringement case we did. Yeah. That, that was three months and one preliminary injunction motion with no hearing. And it was almost 70 grand. Right. So if you're a small company, you have a really difficult time. So anyway... So the question is, in these trademark rights, what are the categories of trademark significance? You know, there's totally made up words. They're called fanciful. And they're really strong. They have, a, they have you know, they're inherently distinct. So you can have a made up word associated with your product and service. And as long as no one else is using it, you'll get the trademark and it'll be really powerful in the marketplace. Then there's arbitrary marks, which are like Apple for computers, right? Mm -hmm. It's a regular word, but it has no connection to the product at all. Those are pretty strong too. Then the next layer of trademark significance is something called suggestive marks. Now those are marks, those are trademarks that suggest the product or service, but they don't describe the product or service. Roach Motel. Yeah, and that could be, and I never know whether Roach Motel is descriptive or suggestive, but yeah. let's say it's suggestive, but that's a good idea, or copper tone. Copper tone's a good one, right? Because yeah. copper tone, you're making your skin have a copper tone, right? Right. Arguably it's descriptive, but typically the way you figure out whether it's suggestive versus descriptive, which is an important line, by the way, um, you figure out, can you guess what it is? Like if I told you what Roach Motel was, you'd probably guess that was a roach trap thing. That right. might be descriptive. But if I said copper tone, you might be like, I don't know, copper tone, it could be a lot of things, you know? Right. And one example that I lost on, but we should have won, I used to have a company called IP com, right? And we filed for a trademark application on IP.com. We lost initially, we ended up getting it on this on a, another way that I'll describe in a second, but they said it was descriptive, not suggested. And I was thinking it was for a defensive publishing service. That's not even technically IP. You know, right. that's not intellectual property. That's the anti-intellectual property. Right. Still, we lost. And I think if we had had different counsel, we might have won. But anyway, so suggestive is next, then descriptive. So it goes fanciful, really strong. Arbitrary, pretty strong. Suggestive, sort of strong. Descriptive, technically you can't get a trademark registration on a descriptive mark because they don't want people taking descriptive terms out of the English language for competitive yeah. companies that want to use those to describe their products, right? It's computer repair. Right, but, but. <laughs> There is one way you can get trade U.S. trademark federal trademark protection or tra federal trademark registration on something descriptive, and that's if you acquire something called secondary meaning. In other words, even though it's descriptive, Ray's computer service is descriptive. Suddenly, you become the name in the world for computing services, and everyone knows if it's not Ray's, it's not computing services. You know. You become so recognizable with Ray's computing services that right. you can actually get secondary meaning and get a federal trademark registration, right? Wait, but so, how is that? The name doesn't make sense to me. The, the term doesn't make sense to me. Secondary meaning, because I haven't 
it's not like I became famous for making well for serving spaghetti parm. Yeah, the disservice, the first meaning, the, the secondary, the first meaning is it's descriptive. It's a computer service, a computer yeah. repair service. The secondary meaning is it's unique because everyone associates the meaning of that term okay. with you, right? Right. So if they call it like, like a, secondary fact, use, it's secondary meaning. Yeah, secondary meaning, exactly. So anyway, they get a trademark registration on superhero. I'm pretty sure it was as because of their acquired secondary meaning. And basically they said, when people think of superheroes, superhero comics, they think of DC comics or Marvel, okay? Now, here's one problem that jumped out at me. Typically, as far as I knew, now I'm, I'm an intellectual property lawyer, but I don't specialize in superhero characters on trademarks, but you a trademark is anything that designates the source or origin of a product or service in the marketplace, right? Mm -hmm. That's why I say it could be a word, a graphic, a logo, a sound, a, you know, a sound, yes, a sound, a scent, but it's, it's supposed to designate the source or origin. This is two sources. This is DC Comics owned by Warner Brothers and Marvel owned by Disney. So it doesn't really designate the source or origin of the product or service in the marketplace. Because when I get, I mean, if it's true that superhero is a trademark and it's, and I get a comic book that has superhero and I see the superhero brand, I don't know who owns it. So if I want to sue them, or if I want to, you know, associate this quality, which is either good or bad to them, who is them? It could be DC comics. It could be Marvel. Interesting. So I think that's weird. And, you know, if I were a lawyer handling this case, that'd be one thing I, I brought up is it's not, it's not real because it, uh, it has two sources. It doesn't have a single source. Right. And then the second thing, the biggest argument against, if someone's opposing Ray, so you come up with, you know, superhero beards, right? And it's not about a beard service. You have superhero beards for a computer service, right? Because, so it's arbitrary. Superhero beards for a computer service. It's arbitrary. It's not fanciful, but right. it's arbitrary. And that's a pretty strong mark, right? Right. And then they oppose you and they say you're infringing because you're using the term superhero. And I would say, well, that term is generic. So the fifth level of trademark discussion, I hate to say trademark significance because if it's generic, it doesn't have any trademark significance. Right. Is generic. So it goes fanciful like a made up word, arbitrary, a regular word on something that's totally unrelated. Suggestive, almost descriptive, but more of a suggestion. Then descriptive, which you can't get protection unless you get secondary meaning. Then there's generic. Generic, generic is one of the more tragic situations in life. You know yeah. why? Because you have worked so hard and so diligently to become the most dominant player in your industry. And your name is known here far and wide, right? Everyone knows you. In fact, everyone knows you so well that they're starting to use you, your brand, your trademark, your fantastic trademark as a noun to describe a category or as a verb. There's so many I want to say right now. I know. And you know, and we'll give you some examples. I wrote down a few examples. 
These were marks that were powerful marks, right? They were so powerful that they, they dominated a category and became a noun or a verb. Aspirin, you know, like aspirin, you think about, or cellophane, dry ice, escalator, um, the flip phone. You might be too young to remember the flip phone, but that was a uh, Motorola trademark, the yeah. flip phone. Now it's a, now it's a generic term. Uh, the zipper, um, the teleprompter, we use that, right? Teleprompter used to be a trademark. Huh. Now it's genericized and anyone can use it. These for are all any examples brand. I didn't know. Yeah. And also the trampoline, right? A trampoline. Oh, yeah. That one. That's yeah. a cool name, though. That's not, that's not descriptive. Right. It's not even really suggestive. A trampoline. Oh, is it it's even more, a word? I think it might be fanciful, fanciful, right? But it became so powerful that now every kind of trampoline is just a trampoline, right? Right. And then there's some generic, some marks that aren't yet generic that are at risk. And I'll give you an example, Photoshop. That's a mark owned by Adobe. But how many times do people say, oh, I want to Photoshop that? Yeah. Or Google, you know, if Google wasn't one of the most powerful companies on the planet, they would already be generic. Right. Because everyone always says, I want to Google that. You got to Google right. that. When, when you start saying, I got to Google that instead of search that, it's generic. But it's Google and they're powerful and they have really smart, smart lawyers working on their yeah. side. Another one is uh, that I just, oh, one is rollerblade, right? Yeah. That's actually inline skating. But how many times have people said, I want to go rollerblading? Yeah. And, and they cringe, I'm sure. Oh, in fact, uh, oh, what was the good one? That awesome video that we saw by um, Gore. Uh, oh, Velcro. No, Velcro. Velcro. Yes. Yeah. I love that video. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. have this really funny well-produced video. In fact, they have two of them yeah. begging people to call it hook and loop instead of Velcro, because yeah. if you don't, they're going to lose their trademark significance. Yeah. And, and if you can, I don't know if you can do this, Ray, but if you can put that link up on this, on this podcast, yeah. that'd be awesome. Because yeah, I'll see, we'll link it when we post it on LinkedIn. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's a great video that talks, this describes the problem with trademarks like Velcro, that's a great trademark, right? Oh, but yeah. At risk of becoming generic. Yeah. You know, another one that I was surprised at is Realtor. Realtor is. Who is, owned that? It is owned by the National Association of Realtors. But oh. the, the term, just like Rollerblade, is really inline oh. skating. Rollerblade's a brand, inline skating is the category. Well, real estate agents are the category and realtor is apparently their trademark and it's owned apparently by the National Association of, of Realtors. I just found that on Wikipedia. So I don't know if it's correct or Interesting. not. But Fun anyway. about that is I never would have thought a difference between the two. I know, that's the problem. You know, you know I so used to know this guy who worked at Xerox in the early days and he would beg people, don't say, I got a Xerox something because they didn't want to lose their trademark significance. So anyway, go back to superhero now, right? To me, superhero is a generic term to describe superheroes, right? I mean, Webster's, I just, I wrote down the Webster's definition, a fictional hero having extraordinary superhuman powers, right? That is a superhero. And right. So if I were representing Ray in his superhero beards business, because you're going to do a computer service for, and you want the trademark superhero business, I'd say superhero beards, I'd say it's a generic term. It, you've done, I applaud you Marvel and DC comics, because you guys created something 
that everyone knows now and everyone uses it generically to describe a fictional hero having extraordinary yeah. superhuman powers. Yeah. So anyone who wants to write it, Dr. Blink, superhero shrink, you should get to use it because I'm sure the book is something about maybe um, maybe having counseling sessions with superheroes, right? Right. You imagine Superman <clears throat> or Spider-Man laying on the couch and they're talking to them about their <laughs> childhood, you know, and, uh, and Superman from Krypton and how he lost his parents and he's always depressed. So he's going to have to go on Adderall because he can't focus. I mean, <laughs> Dr. Blink, superhero shrink, they should be able to use that, but they can't because they've been opposed by Marvel and DC Comics. And I don't know what the future holds. Maybe somebody, maybe a superhero will fly in and defend Dr. Blink superhero shrink in the opposition proceeding against DC Comics and Marvel and break that word free so that everybody can use it. It's very interesting. I mean, I think uh, on one hand, and I don't know if would this be considered playing devil's advocate, but when I think of superhero, if you just say just the word superhero, every example that I think of is owned by Marvel or DC. Yeah, and that's probably their point. That's right. And so is that... But who's Does it owned help by? their case? Who's it owned by, by, Marvel or DC? I don't know. If I had, before, I this, before this podcast started, if I had asked you who owns Batman, what would you have said? No idea. Me either. Or, or Iron There's Man. There's a lot of people who do know that, and they're like, you know. Oh, yeah, they're in people it. People are loyal to one or the other. Yeah, they're, they're cringing that we didn't even know right. that. Yeah. Right, yeah. Which yeah. is why this will be, we will, if, if ever we're going to get like hate comments, this will be it. This yeah. is going to exactly. be the episode. Exactly. And, and, and I apologize to all superheroes, because I love superheroes. I just don't know a lot about superhero creation. Yeah, please, and, if, if you're watching this and you're very upset right now, please tell us exactly why in the comment section. Explain yeah. to us why we should care about this. And ideally, what? explain how we can become a superhero because I want to be one. Yeah. You know, I would, I if, if I have to jump into a vat of chemicals to be a superhero, I'll do it. But I want to make sure it works first. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah let's not be the, uh, the test subjects. Right. That. Right. But anyway, yeah, I think it's a, it's an interest, but yeah, I, I guess if I'm, if I'm the lawyers for DC and uh, DC comics and Marvel, I would say what you said. I mean, you think of superhero, you think of them, but the question is, Superhero is a concept. And remember, you have to associate superhero with a product or service in the marketplace right. to have trademark uh, rights, right? Right. So to say superhero as a concept, that's not trademark protected. Right. So if you say what you, what you should say is, if you see a restaurant that's called Superhero Cafe, would you think of Marvel and Marvel and DC Comics then? Before well, this, I, I, well, um, I don't know now because now I have the bias. But I guess right. what I would say is I would expect to walk into that cafe and see a bunch of superhero stuff. All okay, the and then that would go. That would probably lend itself toward having protection. But then. If you see super, like the guy who went from zero to superhero, a business self-help book, what do you think? Yeah, that I don't, I wouldn't now you're even thinking think of, of comic books or, or any of the super, like I wouldn't be thinking like, oh yeah, Batman, okay. Exactly, you'd just be thinking, well, 
superhero is a generic term. Yeah, I would think it's like a get rich book or productivity book or, you know, like any other kind of self-help book. And and by the way, I think courts agreed with you because just before we started this podcast, I saw, I was searching, trying to find last minute stuff. And I saw a thing where a guy is holding his book and the title was like, you know, business entrepreneur beats DC comics and Marvel. So I think at first he was getting, you know, pummeled by like yeah. Iron Man and Superman. And, and he then found a good oh, patent law firm. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. in that case, trademark law firm, right? So here's a I have a, another one last question because I think we've kind of got to wrap know, this tapped, up. tapped up this this subject, tapped out the subject. But um one interesting thought that I had as you were talking about these small businesses that are not even relevant to comic books. And, and how they just get crushed by these huge companies with all, yeah. the, all this money and, and, and lawyers. Is there any kind of like association out there that helps small businesses that are in that kind of situation who believe that they're being sort of unfairly trampled upon? Yeah, well, remember we talked, we talked a few weeks ago about the idea of setting up a GoFundMe account yeah. so that we could represent people whose rights are being trampled. Yeah. You know? But we, we have the, the issue, though, is you need to get somebody to volunteer to help you. And here's the issue. If you have a personal injury case, right, yeah. you could go to a lawyer who will represent you on a contingent basis because they know that they're going to recover money and they'll get a piece of that. Right. Or at right. least they believe they're going to recover money. The problem is if if the guy who owns from zero to superhero is being opposed by Marvel and DC Comics, he's not going to get any money if he wins. He's just going to get his trademark. So no lawyer huh. would represent him because there's no way to get paid. Right. There's no right? That's the challenge is you need to find someone who will volunteer because they believe or maybe they'll get famous. But right. that's why the GoFundMe idea is a great idea because if you if the lawyer can't make any money out of it, they need a way to win. Otherwise, they have to do their jobs. I mean, they got mortgages to pay. They've got right. you know college tuitions to pay. They can't afford to do all this stuff for free yeah. unless they're getting something out of it. So it would almost have to be kind of like a non-for-profit sort of venture, right? I mean, the people who are doing the work are getting compensated, but it's not like a business, so to speak. That's what I'm talking about. That's why I'm saying setting up a GoFundMe site for individual types of things like people having their rights trampled in trademarks, although you might not get a lot of enthusiasm, right? It's hard to like say, I need money because my trademark rights are being infringed upon. <laughs> when there's people dying of diseases and right. starving, it's kind of hard to justify people contributing to that. Right. There's a funny comment about that uh, in the, the um, Velcro did that follow-up video. Yeah. To their original it. video that was like, it was this comical video we're going to link it in the description but and i think really i like funny. the follow-up one even more yeah because a bunch of people came out and were like you bloodthirsty soulless lawyers and your exactly. first world problems exactly. and then velcro doubled down and basically just sort of like took it and said you know yeah we don't really care i <laughs> loved it made I a follow-up video that in the same line as the first one it was hilarious hilarious yeah i love it so make sure you put that up, Ray. Yeah, okay. Thanks, everyone. If you enjoyed this podcast, please don't forget to hit the subscribe button and that bell icon so you get notifications if you're on YouTube. If you're on LinkedIn, share your thoughts with us. Tell us 
what heathens we are for not knowing which superheroes fit to which DC or Marvel. And um, thanks, and don't forget to share. Yeah.